ATX, Greg Carlson here, virtually alongside our astounding co-host, Jonathan Ratcliffe and Mr. Ian Grossman. Hello, hello. We'll be interviewing one of my best fishing buddies and Texas native, Ben Meadows, local financial expert. Ben enjoys slamming whoppers on and off the coast, hunting across the globe, and giving back through the church community. Welcome to What's Brewing ATX, Ben. Glad to be here, guys. Oh, man, looking forward to getting some insights. As a reminder, stop shop for all things ATX, from tips in the food and beverage scene to developments in the real estate world to interviews with local small businesses and those making a big impact in our community. Of course, we feature local beer, wine, or spirit each week so you can get your little taste of what Austin has to offer. As always, folks, be sure to follow us on Instagram, at What's Brewing ATX. Subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcast. Be sure to give us that five-star rating, if so deserved. And don't forget to stick around to the end for this week's Weekly Brew, Brew, Brew. What do we have in store for you folks? Well, of course, we're going to talk about a little COVID-19 action and how it's affecting Austin, Texas. All folks, right. We're curious to know, right? Because as you know, we, we taste... We taste a little something different each week here. Well, this week we've got something very special. One of the very, very few local whiskey distilleries in the house. Uh, We've got Still Austin Whiskey Company. Gentlemen, have you ever tried this before? I have not. Anybody? I've gone by it several times and have never stopped in for a taste. You've never stopped in? I think it would taste better in your Greg Carlson real estate cup. Look at that. (laughs) <laughs> Everything tastes better, better in a Carlton Real Estate Cup. Yes, yes. To to move the plugs uh, one step forward, you can even check out uh, a live video of this on my YouTube channel, uh, "Moving to Austin," where we actually stop by the distillery. Anyway, Austin Whiskey Company, located at the Yard in St. Elmo, has it going on. Master Distiller John Treple says he's quite pleased with how well Batch Three has followed up on the success of Batch Two. Yes, that's a strong indication that there's several batches, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, you know what? Let's just go ahead and give this guy a sip. Mm. Give it give it a go. And also while he's doing that, oh, that's a good face there. You guys can't see if you're listening. Some of you aren't watching as well. We're, we're on video right now. And uh, Greg's looking sharp. Got his whiskey glass in hand. Looks real, real good. I, since I'm not there, we're all virtually... I'm sipping on a uh, real L coffee porter, not to steal the the still um, still distillery thunder, but I'll be trying something different. I do not like coffee porters, but uh, for the sake of the show, we're gonna give it a go. For the sake of the show, give we're it. We're gonna a go. give it a go, yes, sir. All right, take it away, fellas. Gentlemen, lots of rye spice notes in this whiskey, um, and uh, corn corn flavor right behind it. Simply fantastic. And I got the multi porter with sublime coffee uh, notes. Not Ooh. my not my my style, but you know what? We'll drink it. Happy well, Friday. People are getting refreshed Friday. It's never too early to start sipping on something delicious. But let's get to it and hear more about what we're all dying 
to know because the market is going crazy. The stock market's unpredictable. Um, the housing market has been crazy. We've seen a lot of uh, ups and downs over the last several months. So let's jump right into it. Ben, give us, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and then maybe give us your point of view of what's happening in the financial world right now. Oh man, yeah. Happy to do it. It's a it's a chaotic world out there, uh, in, in many different uh, ways. But uh, yeah, so my name is Ben Meadows. I'm Chief Growth Officer at Grace Capital Management. Uh, we're a small, uh, independent uh, financial wealth management firm. Um, I graduated from A and M. Freaking gig them. Proud Aggie here in Austin, Texas. But I can't I can't say a lot. Um, I can't say too much because both both of my partners are Longhorns. As am I. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> oh, that's all right. Longhorns. So uh, <clears throat> I can um, I can only only cast shade so far. Um, but uh, yeah, so I think it makes a lot of sense to kind of back up and see you know see where we were just a few months ago at all time highs in February. Um, there was a lot of people calling for. Um, a correction, some kind of sell-off. Nobody in their right mind could have foreseen that it would be uh, an event like a coronavirus. Um, it is what, what the industry calls a black swan event. Um, so <clears throat> when when the investors caught wind that governments um, and, and economies and businesses and supply chains were all going to get shut down. We had a major sell-off followed very quickly by an unprecedented rebound. Um, and, and I don't know if there's a time in, in market history where um, we've reached all-time highs uh, as quickly as we did um, um, just 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 a couple weeks ago. So. It's, it is a very interesting time and we're living in unprecedented times. And what, what's really, really interesting is that we, we experienced a major market rebound on the heels of very, very terrible economic news. Um, and, and, you know, there's, there's just not a lot of, of logic that you can apply to, to what's going on other than, hey, the Fed, it, it, it said that it had it, you know, had our back, and, and we're experiencing um, a, a a ton of uh, stimulus. There's trillions and trillions of dollars of stimulus that have been thrown at this, and that just got investors um, um, kind of back in the game. Um, so we'll probably see more of that. Um, and, and so let me just make uh, make a comment, you know. Where, where I'm going to be speaking mostly is to is to what just the everyday investor maybe should be doing, what they should be looking out for. I'm not a day trader. We're not a day trading firm. Um, so, you know, day trading, that's, that's a whole different ball game. But, um, um, yeah, that, does that make sense? And, and, and you know, and kind of what, what, what are you all looking for as far as um, – you know, what questions you'll have regarding uh, the market and, and investing and, and where you should be putting your pennies. Yeah, appreciate you giving that um, that initial um, understanding of who you are and, and what, you know, what we're going to speak to. Um, I think that 
we have a mixed bag of listeners, you know, coming sure. from all ages, all different types. Um, and so I guess a good place to start is just what's a good overall starting point for someone who doesn't know anything about investing. Yeah. Uh, maybe they have a small amount of savings, maybe have the checking account, you know, where do you, what would you even advise? Here's where to start. Right. And, and again, I know that this could be different for each person based on their age and what their goals are, but just in general, where do you start? Man, that's a great question. That's something I'm extremely passionate about uh, um, uh, talking to people with. I had a a uh, uh, just a recent grad come to my office, and, and you know we don't we don't work with a bunch of we don't, uh, college grads here, but he was just so um, eager to learn. You know what you know what do I do? I'm fresh out of college. What do I do? And so for those people who are who are looking to get started, how do I start investing? Um, what, what should I do? And, and I'm, I'm a beginner investor and I am faced with one of the craziest markets that, you know, you'll probably ever see. And the first thing that I would like to tell people that are looking to invest or getting started invested and they're, and they're looking to do it in a market such as this is just get started. Um, you, you've just got to create the habit. And, and you're going to drive yourself crazy if you're trying to watch CNBC News or Fox Business and you're trying to watch Jim Cramer figuring out how to how to trade this market. Man, the best thing that you can do for yourself is just get started, regardless of what the market is going to uh, what you think the market is going to do. Um, your greatest asset as a beginner investor, and I'm assuming that I'm talking to a fairly young crowd uh, um, being being, you know, on a podcast is your greatest asset is not timing the market. It is time in the market. And if we go back, if we go back to to uh, when the market started, the market's been around in some form or fashion since I believe the late 1700s. And if we trace market data all the way back to that time, we know the market has averaged about eight to eight and a half percent. In the last 30, 35 years, the market has averaged 11 to 11 and a half percent. So you are doubling your money. If you're just following the market, you're not timing it. You're just getting money and you're just letting it ride. You're doubling your money every 10 years, maybe, maybe even a little bit better. When you say eight, eight and a half percent, is that year over year? Or is that every that is annualized return? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So then, and, and, oh. oh, go ahead. Sorry. Well, well no, I guess, um, when you say that, a lot of people think of like, okay, if I'm getting in the market, I'm buying stock in a certain company. Um, are yeah. you talking more about like buying a whole stock market index fund and basically just riding, question. riding the market? Yeah. What, is, what does starting mean? Yeah, exactly. That's a great follow-up question. So so when you're starting off, pick a, a, a good growth-oriented diversified mutual fund. Uh, that can be an index fund. Those are very popular these days. Um, uh, they're very inexpensive to hold. There's a there's a fee associated with every mutual fund out there. And if you buy an index fund or uh, an exchange traded fund, the expense ratio that's associated with that mutual fund is very low. It'll allow you an institutional level of diversification that uh, otherwise, um, you know, you, you wouldn't be able to afford unless you had hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars to invest. So start off with uh, like an S&P 500 fund. Right now, personally, our firm is buying um, 
a fund called QQQ, which follows really the NASDAQ, um, which is, you know, one of our major indexes. It follows the NASDAQ. And, and you know, our firm, when we look around, money right now wants to be in those big tech companies. And, and the NASDAQ, um, I mean, until just a couple of days ago, had nine days of, of uh, positive returns and returned to all time highs. Um, and so so a lot of people knew that we are in a technological revolution um, and, and this pandemic has expedited that process. And, and I read an article today that said that in the last two months, we've probably seen more people jump to technology that maybe were lagging behind that that would have taken two years otherwise to have reached that kind of point for, for companies and people to adopt the technology that we're seeing them adopt at the rate today. Um, and so so we're investing uh, in, in what they call the queues. Um, so that's that's. Um, Mostly your your big your mega cap tech companies your your Google Amazon Apple Facebook and Microsoft um, and there, there's many many other companies that are associated with that that index fund but um, it is those returns are driven large in part by those companies so so if you're looking to to jump in right now. Um, you know, pick a world, well-diversified mutual fund. Don't worry about the market. If, if, if you're starting a retirement account and you're 20, 30, 40 years old, then, then you just need to get, get some capital in there and just get it working. Um, now, if, if you want to, I would, I would never say get out of the market completely. Um, if you're starting to invest and you have a long investment time horizon, but if at different times you want to dial in or dial back the risk, that's okay. But you always want to make sure that, that you are, you're putting money in regularly and you're going to let it ride because our market, our market, you know, whether it's, you know, um, you know, 1930 and it's the Great Depression, whether there's uh, presidential assassinations, one world war, two world war, Y2K, epidemics, pandemics, our market goes through cycles and each cycle, our market comes out on the other side, sharper and, 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 and ready to, to adapt with the times and it always goes up. Um, um, but if right now, if you want to pick a, a growth oriented mutual fund, but maybe back that up with a little bit of gold, I think gold is an excellent buy right now. When, when panic sets in, uh, when, when people are very, very uncertain of what lies ahead and we were at kind of the top of that cycle of a market, gold is an excellent, excellent purchase. Um, so start off with a diversified growth mutual fund, maybe buy a little, buy a little gold, uh, gold index fund. Uh, we use uh, GLD uh, most often here. And um, yeah, when the market sells off, you want to sell a little gold and buy into something that's more growth oriented. I think it makes all the sense the world. Great. Um, I guess I'll, I'll ask then, I assume in order to get some of those funds and know that we're, know that we're you know being directed towards the right thing it's probably best to to talk with a financial advisor like yourself you know what are some of maybe the common misconceptions about financial advisors and how do you go about finding somebody that best fits yeah, that's a that's a great question you know looks so, uh, you know 
at some point you, you kind of just have to trust trust yourself in the community around you that you know you 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 have a group of friends uh and if you don't have a group of friends i challenge you to get out there and meet some people but sometimes the best advisor is 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 the one that you find when you talk to the people that you spend time with and you know and you like and you trust them um and 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 so if i had to give you a one tip on on a uh, a financial advisor, you want to ask them point blank, are you going to operate on a fee basis? Are you going to charge me commissions? Are we operating on a fee basis? Are you a, a fiduciary? Fiduciary is an industry standard, standard that different financial advisors are held to, but not every financial advisor is held to that standard. Uh, there's really? a standard uh, that uh, is not um, is not as high called the suitability standard. And, and you want an, advise, an advisor that is a, a true fiduciary uh, that is held to, to that standard, which means that they are going to operate in your best interest. Not, not that an investment is just suitable for you, but it is in your best interest and in that, um, that their compensation, the compensation of the advisor is tied uh, to, to your account as well. So, so talk to your friends, you know, your friends that, that you, that you, um, that you trust, find out who they are working with, ask them about their experience. And more than likely, if you, if you can get a few friends to agree on, on, you know, they, they're working with a guy and they like him and that is probably a really great indication because, you know, not all firms are created equal. I believe there are firms that are better or worse than others. Um, but at the end of the day, what matters most is that your advisor is going to look out for your best interests and they are competent in, in what in what they do. And if you have um, some friends that that uh, have worked with someone in the past and, and they feel confident in them, that's probably a good place to start. Is there a is there an amount of money that you at a certain point recommend talking sure. like if I'm gonna invest five a thousand dollars to invest, does yeah. it make sense to reach out to a financial advisor or should I wait till I have ten thousand dollars? Yeah, here's the thing. If you if you can if you can get an advisor, there a lot of advisors are gonna have, you know, a two hundred fifty thousand, five hundred thousand uh, dollar or a million dollar minimum. Wow. But um you know, but a lot of advisors will take clients if they like you. <laughs> so if you have, if you have, uh, if you can get referred in by a family member or or some friends, and and you can get an advisor to work with you, and all you've got is pennies, then work with them as soon as you can. And and as a young professional, and, and I, Greg is a great example of this is. You very early on in life are going to start assembling this round table of professionals around you. You're going to have a real estate agent. You're going to have a financial advisor, an accountant, maybe an attorney. And the sooner that you can start dipping your toes in, into those waters, the better off you're going to be. It's, it's, a, it's a language. It's a habit that uh, you have to learn. And that takes time. And you're not doing yourself any favors by by, you know, being self-conscious about how much or how little money you have. Uh, and you just you just have to go in there, have the conversations with these professionals as soon as you can. And if and if they're like, oh, you know, you've got one hundred thousand uh, dollars, 
uh, my, my minimum is a million. They might know somebody, they might know an advisor that would work with you. But um, the sooner you can start having conversations with those, with those um, professionals, the better off you're going to be. And, and, and the more comfortable you're going to be in times like this, because, uh, you know, this is this is this is uh, unprecedented ground. But there's always a new precedent to be set. Um, uh, uncertainty it might may be the only certain thing in life um, and and um, and you're you're gonna have to learn how to, to weather those those uh, those obstacles so gosh man there's there's a, a ton of YouTube gurus finance gurus right indeed uh, yeah so if somebody were to seek some some extracurricular education, in yeah. the finance realm, other than speaking with a financial advisor like yourself, sure. what should they one look out for as far yeah. as steer clear of? Sure. And what should they look to for sound suggestions? Yeah. So, so I'd be I'd be really careful of. There are some great resources out there on YouTube, and and I think if you if you use all of them, if you t- if you listen to all of them and take them with a grain of salt, there's always something to be learned. By, by them, but when you when you pick when you pick uh, someone on on YouTube or on social media, uh, Twitter, whatever to start following, pay pay close attention to are they a trader or or are they investing? So so someone who might be a trader is getting in and out of stocks all the time. They're selling, uh, they're buying, uh, uh, they're doing options trading. Uh, they're they're trading currency, you know, in, into the wee hours of the morning. And really what you want to look for is someone that has long-term growth in mind. And, um, and, and, you know, are they associated with a, a reputable financial custodian, you know, are are they do they custody with uh, you know a name like Fidelity or Charles Schwab, um, um, you know, you know, I don't know if there's guys out there with you know Merrill Lynch or you know whatever, but you know, you know, to the to the big custodians um, that that um, come to mind are you know Fidelity and Charles Schwab. You know, we really like um, those guys as custodians mm-hmm. uh, or are they just day trading? And so you want to probably not listen to the guys that are day trading. Uh, uh, that, that, that is something that, that um, can get you in trouble. <laughs> but, uh, just for those who don't understand, what is, what is day trading exactly? Yeah. Day trading, day trading is really where you're taking your own money or, you, you know, if you have a firm, then the firm's money, but you are, you are, trading stocks based on split second decisions. You're getting in and out, in and out, trying to trade uh, profits um, um, for a profit. That's a day trader. I would say an investor would be the majority of the people out there that are just looking to grow capital long term uh, and re- to reach a level of financial independence uh, um, and, and retire. Um, and so you know, the, the people on this podcast, I would describe as a, a retail, retail investors. Mm. Awesome. So, so getting into, um, you know, there's a lot of buzzwords out there. There's so much to learn, but I remember when I was, I used to be an elementary school teacher. And when I finished teaching, I had some 
a small amount of money in, in a retirement that they were putting into an account for me that I was able to roll over into an IRA. Can you Excellent. give up? Um, I feel like an IRA is a pretty common uh, type of investment portfolio or, or invest. I don't know if that's even the correct term, but uh, account. investment account. Can you give us a brief overview of like the different types of IRAs and when someone would want to create one? Sure. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, the three most common IRAs out there, IRA standing for individual retirement account, are you're going to are going to be your traditional IRA, your Roth IRA and your SEP IRA. The, the one that that really needs to get the most focus is a Roth IRA. And what the Roth IRA is going to allow you to do is to take money. That money has already been taxed. It's going to allow you to place it into that retirement account. You can invest it in whatever you would, almost whatever you would like, anything that's publicly traded. And it's going to grow. It's going to grow. It's going to, it's, profits are going to grow in those. It's going to grow tax free. And then upon distribution at retirement, it's also going to be tax free. So right now we all we all get an income and that income is taxed. What that IRA is going to allow you to do is draw an income at retirement that is tax free. And, and the thing to know about Roth IRAs is that the maximum that you can put in there is six six thousand dollars. And there is an income limit. And at some point, you will make too much money to contribute to a Roth IRA. As an individual, I think I think it's about one hundred twenty thousand dollars, one hundred fifteen thousand dollars, somewhere around in there. As a household, uh, it's around um, two hundred thousand dollars. But once you make above those maximums, you then become ineligible for a Roth IRA. And and the more money you make, the less tax. Uh, advantages that you have. So uh, if, if you are still eligible for a Roth IRA, then you need to maximize your Roth earning years as much as you can, because you're going to hit a point where you're not going to be able to, to do that. And you're going to kick yourself that you did not take advantage of those years. You know, you know, if I'm talking to people out there that are making, you know, 60 to a hundred thousand dollars, Look, if you're an ambitious young person, you're probably looking at only having about five to 10 more Roth earning years and you're going to run out. And so maximize Roth earning years. Do your best to maximize that or max out that Roth IRA at six thousand dollars per individual as best as you can. And uh, you're you're really really, really going to think. So, so on that, you, six thousand is the max. And then. Every year that you will qualify or based on your income, you're allowed to earn. But once you're past that point, you stop earning net gains from that, but you still have the initial 6000 in it? Or how does that exactly work? Yeah, so I'm not sure I understand the question, but I'll take a stab at it and, and you know, just ask it again if, if I don't quite answer it. But um, if, if you make below uh, the, the threshold, you can put $6,000 a year uh, into that Roth IRA. As soon as you go over that threshold as an, as an individual, which I believe is like $115,000, $120,000, once you go above that, you can no longer put, put it, 
contribute to that Roth IRA. If for some reason you make below, uh, if you go above 120,000 one year and maybe the next year you're, you're back down below that threshold, you can then re-contribute to the Roth IRA. Okay, so it's 6,000 per year that you can contribute to it. Correct. You never stop producing on it, but you can't contribute anymore. Contribute. Right. You, it always right. grows Got for it. you. So you want to get you want to grow put get that lump sum within that Roth IRA in there while you can and it'll grow over the course of your life. Got it. All right. And then the traditional and, and the SEP are, are different vehicles, which we, we don't have to get into everything if, if, if it's too much for you. But <laughs> oh, yeah. well, you know, hey, you know, I, the, the thing to know about traditional and SEP IRAs is that they, they are tax deductions. You, you put money in there before it's taxed. It's still gross tax free. But at, at retirement, when you take a distribution from those accounts, they will be taxable. Gotcha. But they operate somewhat the same in terms of it's going to grow over time. And, exactly. Okay. Yeah, they're both. Yeah, they're both investment accounts are going to grow tax deferred. But the, the 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 distinction is is at retirement, are you going to have taxable or or not taxable income? And the Roth IRA is the only one that's going to allow you to have tax free income. Gotcha. So I guess big picture, five to ten years out, you know. I guess you, is that is that you know if you're starting with the the IRAs and then in some mutual funds, is that kind of what you look for in the first five to ten years, or yeah. um, or do you or you dive into other things as well? No, no, I think that's right. I, you know, you know, step one to retirement for a lot of people is is contributing to the, to your 401k if you want to supplement your retirement, uh, or if you if you don't have a 401k, start that Roth IRA. Purchase uh, some well-diversified, growth-oriented mutual funds, um, and 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 just let let time grow it. Let time grow it, um, and um, you know, consult with some some trusted financial people. And if they start telling you pick stocks, you know, just be careful careful of that. Yeah, diversification is your friend, um, and and stocks will will provide. Um, growth but but you can you can have some concentration risk there that that you have to be careful of so um yeah just like you said ira is a great place to start and, and then purchase some, some well diversified mutual funds are there any um apps i know i've seen you know robin hood and there's some other kind of low fee low cost entry-level apps are there any that you recommend as like one to look into to start for a starting point? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know, I, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I don't use the, the apps or the, the, the robo advisors. I have all kind of all just operated through my, through my own firm, but uh, I have seen some, some, uh, some statements and some, some accounts come over from, from Wealthfront that I thought Wealthfront did a good job of, of um, helping their clients invest in some different sectors and putting them into some uh, inexpensive, uh, some funds. Um, but I think I said this earlier, but, you know, your, your, your Fidelities of the world, your Charles Schwab, TD Ameritrade, all those are going to be online um, uh, platforms that you can utilize yourself if you need to, um, that will also provide some direction in what to um, uh, 
invest in and, and how to invest uh, if you use those tools. Uh, they will help you, but um, and they're not an app per se. But uh, Charles Schwab Fidelity, they have great do-it-yourself platforms, and you can always access that from your phone, just like it was an app. Yeah, cool. So Ben, who's your ideal clients, and how do they get a hold of you? Great, yeah. So ideal clients is we work we work with a lot of families. We work a lot of um, uh, individual uh, high net worth families. Uh, that are are looking to preserve their wealth, um, that um, you know want to make sure that wealth is carried on to the next generation and, and reach you know reach the goals you know for their family. Uh, that's mostly who we work with. We do a lot of 1031 exchanges. When you're managing wealth uh, for for people in Texas, oil and land is a part of managing that wealth and we have uh, routinely found ourselves helping our clients uh, navigate a 1031 exchange um, as well as the preservation of, of uh, the family assets and, and, um, and investments well I think that's a good point to, to bring up with your with all the investing in, in the markets I mean you know coming from property owners here and realtors of course, you know, it, it's always good. You got to live somewhere. And so that's a great vehicle as well to, to grow your money over time. Yes. Yep. Well, folks, it's time for a round of <laughs> quick draw. <laughs> that's right, Ben. You've just entered yourself as a solo participant in a game of quick draw where we ask you a question or make a statement and you say the first thing uh -oh. to mind. Are you ready? As ready as I'll ever be. Let's All right. go. Best restaurant in Austin. Uh, Garbo's Lobster Food Truck. Oh. Yum. Favorite Is that day the one on West 6? Sorry. I know we're supposed to be quick here, but. Uh, you know, I just uh, catch them when they drive by my uh, apartment. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but yeah, that's, you, you can find them around there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Garbo's. Favorite date spot? Oh, Lake Austin, Town Lake, the trail. Trail. There. Biggest animal you've taken down in a hunting trip? Ooh, uh, an, an elk, Rocky Mountain elk. Oh, wow. <laughs> Probably like fed that. you for a long time. It, it did. It was delicious. Watching Largest the show fish. alone Never. right now. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Largest fish. Largest fish. Uh, I've worked on a few boats where we pulled up some six and seven foot sharks. Uh, Whoa. Admittedly, I didn't reel it in, but uh, I was a deckhand on board and and and, and uh, that it. counts. It counts. Team effort. Chicken or beef? Beef. Beer or whiskey? Whiskey. A ranch in the hill country or a beach house on the ocean? Ranch. <laughs> All right. I knew it. Oh, watch good. it we're watching we're all watching the show alone right now start it's on netflix but it's also on the history channel okay and uh it's really interesting uh it, it gets you very primal seeing humans they put them out there alone by themselves where they have to uh survive as long as possible and it's interesting to see what happens man it's crazy yeah. check it out if you haven't seen it yet i'll check it out Hi, Greg. What awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time 
for this week's Weekly Brew. Brew, brew. Check it out, folks. More than 100 people in Austin on Wednesday called the City Services Hotline to report businesses that allegedly violated public health orders requiring masks be worn on their premises or fail to uphold social distancing guidelines and capacity limits. You know, the, folks, here comes an opinion. I think that this whole COVID thing is like a, a political campaign. You got your Democrats and you got your Republicans. You got your COVID people and you got your anti-COVID people. Gentlemen, where do we stand on this? What are your thoughts? Mm. Mm. It's hard for me to dive into the whole political game, but uh, it's obvious yeah. that some crazy things are happening right now. And it shows because Governor Abbott just closed the bars down this morning. Uh, along with them. yeah, all the way, all the bars in Texas yeah. closed down. Anything that sells alcohol over 51%, they're closed down. So, I don't know. I, uh, I think the hardest thing is just the unknown, right? You're like, okay, there's this huge surge in cases. Well, they're testing a lot more. So, how much is that playing into it? But, um, Hospitals are also spiking. The hospitals are getting crushed. My wife's a nurse, and she's seeing it firsthand. So um, it's just hard. You don't know what to like. Where do you draw the line? Yeah, who's know? telling the truth? What data is the the real thing? It's it's wild. So, folks, general message here for this weekly brew is: just be cool. Wear your damn mask. Whether you wear see people with masks or not, you know, just love them. Love your neighbor. Because we're all in this together. Isn't that right, guys? Together. I'm into that. Yes, sir. Take well, us out, take us out. That was a great episode. Uh, we packed a lot of a lot of financial knowledge into uh, just over 30 minutes. So, um, if thank you, Ben. If you're listening yeah. and you, you want more information, and you don't go to YouTube and listen to some wacky guru, um, make sure to reach out to Ben Meadows. Uh, ben Grace Dash Cap dot com yep. best way to find you um and he will break it all down for you and help grow your money more than you ever could have imagined um I vouch for him i'm working with ben he's doing a fantastic job thank you so much awesome um remember to subscribe to us on itunes wherever you're tuning in from give us that five star rating and check us out on instagram at what's brewing atx that is all we've got for you so cheers Cheers, guys. Cheers.